Chapter Nineteen of the Imperialist by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Lorn said Dora Milburn in her most animated manner. Who do you think is coming to Elgin? Your London friend, Mister Hesketh. He's going to stay with the Emmets, and Missus Emmet is perfectly distracted. She says he's accustomed to so much she doesn't know how he will put up with their plain way of living though what she means by that with late dinner and afternoon tea every day of her life is more than i know why that's splendid replied lorne good old hesketh i knew he thought of coming across this fall but the brute hasn't written to me we'll have to get him over to our place when he gets tired of the emmet's plain ways he can try ours they're plainer you'll like hesketh he's a good fellow and more go-ahead than most of them i don't think i should ask him to stay if i were you lorn your mother will never consent to change her hours for meals i wouldn't dream of asking an englishman to stay if i couldn't give him late dinner they think so much of it it's the trial of mother's life that father will not submit to it as a girl she was used to nothing else afternoon tea we do have he can't prevent that but father kicks at anything but one o'clock dinner and meat tea at six and i suppose he always will doesn't one tea spoil the other lorne inquired i find it does when i go to your minister's and peck at a cress sandwich at five you haven't any appetite for a reasonable meal at six but i guess it won't matter to hesketh he's got a lot of sense about things of that sort why he served out in south africa volunteered mrs emmet needn't worry and if we find him pining for afternoon tea we can send him over here well if he's nice but i suppose he's pretty sure to be nice any friend of the emmets what is he like lorne oh he's just a young man with a moustache you seem to see a good many over there they're all alike while they're at school in round coats and after they leave school they get moustaches and then they're all alike again i wish you wouldn't tease how tall is he is he fair or dark what colour are his eyes lorn buried his head in his hands in a pretended agony of recollection so far as i remember not exactly tall but you wouldn't call him short complexion well don't you know that kind of middling complexion color of his eyes does anybody ever notice a thing like that you needn't take my word for it but i should say they were a kind of average colored eyes lorn you are i suppose i'll just have to wait till i see him but the girls are wild to know and i said i'd ask you he'll be here in about two weeks anyhow and i dare say we won't find him so much to make a fuss about the best sort of englishmen don't come over such a very great deal as you say i expect they have a better time at home hesketh's a very good sort of englishman said lorne he's awfully well off isn't he according to our ideas i suppose he is said lorne not according to english ideas still less according to new york ones then asserted dora they wouldn't think much of it there even if he passed for rich in england 
it was a little as if she resented lorne's comparison of standards and claimed the american one as at least cis-atlantic he has a settled income said lorne and he's never had to work for it whatever luck there is in that that's all i know dora now lorne you're not to be troublesome your mother hasn't come in at all this evening don't you think it's a good sign she isn't quite so silly as she was remarked dora why i should not have the same freedom as other girls in entertaining my gentlemen friends i never could quite see i believe if we told her we had made up our minds it would be all right he pleaded i'm not so sure lorne mother's so deep you can't always tell just by what she does she thinks stephen stuart likes me it's too perfectly idiotic we are the merest friends and when it's any question of you and stephen well she doesn't say anything but she lets me see she thinks such a lot of the stuarts because stephen's father was ontario premier once and got knighted i might try that for myself if you think it would please her said the lover please her and i should be lady murchison she let fall upon his ravished ears why lorn she'd just worship us both but you'll never do it why not dora looked at him with pretty speculation she had reasons for supposing that she did admire the young man you're too nice she said that isn't good enough he responded and drew her nearer then why did you ask me no lorne you're not to suppose father came in i shouldn't mind father's on my side i think father isn't on anybody's side said his daughter wisely dora let me speak to him miss milburn gave a clever imitation of a little scream of horror indeed i won't lorne you are never never to do that as if we were in a ridiculous english novel that's the part of an english novel i always like said lorne the going and asking it must about scare the hero out of a year's growth but it's a glorious thing to do it would be next day anyhow it's just the sort of thing to please mother dora meditated but she can't be indulged all the time no lorne you'll have to leave it to me when there's anything to tell there's everything to tell now said he who had indeed nothing to keep back but you know what mother is lorne suppose they hadn't any objection she would never keep it to herself she'd want to go announcing it all over the place she'd think it was the proper thing to do but dora why not if you knew how i want to announce it i should like to publish it in the sunrise and the wind so that i couldn't go out of doors without seeing it myself i shouldn't mind having it in toronto society when the time comes but not yet lorne not for ages i'm only twenty-two nobody thinks of settling down nowadays before she's twenty-five at the very earliest i don't know a single girl in this town that has among my friends anyway that's three years off and you can't expect me to be engaged for three years no said lorne 
engaged six months married the rest of the time or the periods might run concurrently if you preferred i shouldn't mind an engaged girl has the very worst time she gets hardly any attention and as to dances well it's a good thing for her if the person she's engaged to can dance she added teasingly lorne colored you said i was improving dora he said and then laughed at the childish claim but that isn't really a thing that counts is it if our lives only keep step it won't matter much about the washington post and so far as attention goes you'll get it as long as you live you little princess besides isn't it better to wear the love of one man than the admiration of half a dozen and be teased and worried half out of your life by everybody you meet now lorne you're getting serious and sentimental and you know i hate that it isn't any good either mother always used to say it made me more stubborn to appeal to me horrid nature to have isn't it lorne's hand went to his waistcoat pocket and came back with a tiny packet it's come dora by this morning's english mail her eyes sparkled and then rested with guarded excitement upon the little case oh lorne she said nothing more but watched intently while he found the spring and disclosed the ring within then she drew a long breath lorne murchison what a lovely one doesn't it look said he just a little serious and sentimental but such good style too she declared bending over it and quite new i haven't seen anything a bit like it i do love a design when it's graceful solitaires are so old-fashioned he kept his eyes upon her face feeding upon the delight in it exultation rose up in him he knew the primitive guile of man indifferent to such things alluring with them the other creature he did not stop to condone her weakness rather he seized it in ecstasy it was all part of the glad scheme to help the lover he turned the diamonds so that they flashed and flashed again before her then trusting his happy instinct he sought for her hand but she held that back i want to see it she declared and he was obliged to let her take the ring in her own way and examine it and place it in every light and compare it with others worn by her friends and make little tentative charges of extravagance in his purchase of it while he sat elated and adoring the simple fellow reluctantly at last she gave up her hand but it's only trying on not putting on she told him he said nothing till it flashed upon her finger and in her eyes he saw a spark from below of that instinctive cupidity toward jewels that man can never recognize as it deserves in woman because of his desire to gratify it you'll wear it dora he pleaded lorne you are the dearest fellow but how could i everybody would guess her gaze nevertheless rested fascinated on the ring which she posed as it pleased her 
let them guess i'd rather they knew but it does look well on your finger dear she held it up once more to the light then slipped it decisively off and gave it back to him i can't you know lorne i didn't really say you might get it and now you'll have to keep it till till the time comes but this much i will say it's the sweetest thing and you've shown the loveliest taste and if it weren't such a dreadful giveaway i'd like to wear it awfully they discussed it with argument with endearment with humour and reproach but her inflexible basis soon showed through their talk she would not wear the ring so far he prevailed that it was she not he who kept it her insistence that he should take it back brought something like anger out of him and in the surprise of this she yielded so much she did it unwillingly at the time but afterward when she tried on the thing again in the privacy of her own room she was rather satisfied to have it safe under lock and key a flashing smiling mystery to visit when she liked and reveal when she would lorne could never get me such a beauty again if he lost it she advised herself and he's awfully careless and i'm not sure that i won't tell eva delarue just to show it to her she's as close as wax one feels a certain sorrow for the lover on his homeward way squaring his shoulders against the foolish perversity of the feminine mind resolutely guarding his heart from any hint of real reprobation through the sweetness of her lips and the affection of her pretty eyes through all his half-possession of all her charms and graces must have come dully the sense of his great occasion manqué that dear day of love when it leaves the mark of its claim and in one's regret there is perhaps some alloy of pity that less respectful thing we know him elsewhere capable of essaying heights yet we seem to look down upon the drama of his heart it may be well to remember that the level is not everything in love he who carefully adjusts an intellectual machine may descry a higher mark he can construct nothing in a mistress he is therefore able to see the facts and to discriminate the desirable but lorne loved with all his imagination this way dares the imitation of the gods by which it improves the quality of the passion so that such a love stands by itself to be considered apart from the object one may say a strong and beautiful wave lifted lorne murchison along to his destiny since it was the pulse of his own life though dora milburn played moon to it End of chapter 19